Welcome to the Joy Bruce Audio Podcast. Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce is a blessed daughter of Bishop Dyke Heward Mills and the pastor of the First Love Church, Adiasi. These messages contain practical wisdom that will transform you and provide focus and direction for your life. Listen and be blessed as she shares with you wisdom from the Word of God. I want us to stand to our feet as we welcome Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce. just want to put your hands together for every testimony. They have refused to sing my song for me. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of It's a very simple. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your neighbor, we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. For the last time you want to say, we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on and give the Lord a shout this morning. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, I just want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor one good thing that's happened to you this week. Just one good thing. We Father, thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for every testimony, the shared ones, the unshared ones, but the things, everything that has happened, whether we have said it aloud or not, we just want to say thank you. And as your word comes to us this afternoon, I pray that it will meet us exactly where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your seat. Wow, are you glad to be in church? I'm also glad to be here in church. Hallelujah. I see you too. Amen and amen. Well, so anybody must always have a testimony. Why am I saying that? Because, you know, we take a lot, but we are not grateful for it, or we don't remember. We take it for granted. And so you get to a place when it's not there. Then you suddenly see that, ah, so, Sana, it was, you know. I mean, you are crying over your 60%. When you see 48, you know that. You know that 60 is good. It's like, oh, I was expecting to get some 85. And, uh, hey, it's because you have not seen 48. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who I'm tricking this morning, but it's really nice to see everyone in church today. Amen? In this service, we have been talking about the life of the anointed. Amen? The life of the anointed. When they say somebody is an, an anointed person, it means that God has the Holy Spirit has come to that person. Amen? And you see it in what they do. You see it in what happens around them. And my prayer, I believe that each one of us has an anointing to a point, but you want to walk more into it. Amen? You want to walk more into it. And it doesn't come by walking half and half. Hey, let me read a scripture first. Is it okay to read a scripture? 
Then let's go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Because the Holy Spirit is the anointing. And if you ask, he will give you the Spirit. Look at something. In Luke chapter 11, verse 10 says, Everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Then Jesus goes on to say, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Hallelujah. So, it's as simple as that. Lord, we need your Spirit. And we began to look at the life of somebody who is anointed. Are you there? Last week, I think that we, we talked about a number of things. Amen? And we said that somebody who is anointed is dedicated to God. And then we also talked about some of the paradoxes. That the person is anointed, but it doesn't mean that everything is answered in your life. Are you here? You know, sometimes people come. You see, when you come and you give your life to Christ, He comes to dwell in you. He comes to dwell in you. When you invite the Holy Spirit to come, He comes to be with you. Amen? And yet, sometimes people expect that everything is going to go 100% according to how I, I want it to be. That's not Christianity. Hmm. When you open your Bible, there is no verse that says that thou shalt have no other problems till thou diest. There's no scripture like that. Push your neighbor and say, there's no scripture like that. Yeah. There's no scripture like that. Amen? There's no scripture like that. So you need to understand it well. So last week I was talking to you about the paradoxes. The fact that somebody can be anointed and yet even though he was anointed, there were other things that was happening. So I gave you the example of Elijah and I said, here was somebody so anointed that at his word, rain won't fall again. Are you there? So as you have spoken. Then God gave him a place where for him there, he was sitting there being fed, water was passing. Then his water dried up. And then you wonder, if you can speak and rain will not come, can you not talk to the river so that it will not dry? But God, God didn't allow that. He allowed the river to dry. Yeah. Are you here? And that is why, yes, you are a child of God. You are anointed. You are even working the ministry, but your pocket is empty. It's not because God cannot provide for you. But he has to let you see that even though you are anointed, you are not God. So you'll be able to do some things, but you'll not be able to do everything. Yeah. Are you here? Do you know that even in that same First Kings 17, further down in the chapter, do you know that when uh, later on, you know, when the river dried, then God said, I'm sending it to a widow, provided for him through the widow. Do you know that he was in the house when the woman's son died? And then you ask yourself that, ah, if you are so powerful, you have been able to speak, rain has stopped. Then you, have been, you came, when you came, the widow said, I have only one more meal left. You were able to talk, and as you spoke, whatever was being used for food, it multiplied. If that is so, then, I mean, number one, the son should not even have been sick. And if even he got sick, he shouldn't die. Well, let's go back to the scripture and see. Because the guy, he died properly. <laughs> 
Tell your neighbor that it was not an asif dying, you know. The guy actually died. Hey, look. Hey, some things you cannot understand it. First Kings 17. This is the same. In fact, let's take it from a little up so that you know. Verse 15. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Okay, let's read the saying. Verse 14. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. This is what he said to the woman. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Are you seeing it? Very next verse. It came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with you, O thou man of God? Art thou come up unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? She's like, Ah! I was chopping my house matter here. You have come. Is it that as you have come, holy man, that you have now seen some my sin be so now the son that was mine, you have now come to take him. Elijah didn't be, I said, oh, what are you even talking about? Are you there? And then you see later on that Elijah now comes, takes the boy, prays over him, and then the scripture says in verse 21, he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, oh Lord my God, I pray, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. I thank God that the boy didn't die and was buried. But the point I'm trying to make is that, why did it even happen in the first place? So from today, when things are happening in your life, look for the solution and stop wailing. Are you there? One of the questions you shouldn't ask again is why me? Why not you? Uh, if not you, then who? Lord, why me? Why is it that everybody has done this, 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 that, but me alone, this? If not you, then please ask your neighbor. If not you, then who? Uh, ask the neighbor on the, on the other side. So if not you, should it be me? Ah, <laughs> Amen Hallelujah What the scripture says to us is that Many are the afflictions of the righteous So the afflictions are there The things that cause problems are there Then he goes on to say But the Lord delivers him Are you understanding? So from today don't be confused When some things happen to you That don't look like they should happen Or which you cannot explain Wow Amen. So today I want to go on and I just want to talk about two things. One of them I started a bit yesterday, um, last week, but I want to take it up from there. And what I want to say to you is that if you are going to live this life anointed by God, the presence of God is with you. You are a child of God. You are seeking to walk with Him. One of the things you must know is that God will provide for you, but He will do it in the way that He chooses. He'll do it in the way that he chooses. Many times, we want to give God a prescription. Hmm. Are you here? We want to tell God what to do. And how to do the thing that... Hmm. Ask your neighbor, is it, it is you. Hmm. Let me take you to Second Kings chapter 5. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we meet a certain nice man called Naaman. Naaman was a very honorable man. The Bible says he was honorable. It is not graphic that he was honorable. The Bible says he was honorable. 
I mean, some of the people we call honorable in the graphic, they are totally dishonorable. Please don't even start. But this guy is the, is the, is the Bible that says he's honorable. Tell the neighbor that when the Bible says you're honorable, then we can be sure. We can be sure. As for the rest, it's opinions of man. So that one there, we may not be sure. Uh-huh. But the Bible called him an honorable man. And the scripture says that this man was an honorable man, but he was a leper. And this morning, I want you to understand that leprosy represents anything you are ashamed of. Anything you are ashamed of. Leprosy represents anything in your life that you don't want to be there. That's leprosy. Leprosy is even in those days, and even now, it was considered a shameful disease. If you come, you go and see the doctor, you come back and you come and say that. They say the rashes is leprosy. Look, your roommates will clear out now and leave you there. Or they will toss you out. True or lie? Even if you start saying that, oh, they say it is curable. Oh, now there is not as it We don't look. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. We don't want to know. Hey, you said what? Leprosy. Hey, go ahead and come. Hallelujah. Now, this man had leprosy and he began to... to he was there. It was, it was a sickness. Now, his wife had a servant girl who was a slave from a war. In those days, when there's a war, then they'll capture people and bring them. Are you seeing it? And that's how this girl, this Israelite, happened to be the servant of somebody. Amen? And she was... Hallelujah. So, this girl told her mistress that, oh, daddy's problem, it can be solved. There is a certain prophet in Israel. If he goes there, he'll be solved. So he went. He went to see the man. And when he got there, let's read what happened. Are you ready? Let's take it from verse 7. 2 Kings 5, 7. It came to pass, because now Naaman, remember he was an army man, so he went to the king of Israel. And look at what he says. It came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter, this is the letter Naaman was carrying, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make a lie that this man has that sent unto me to, to heal a man of his leprosy? Then verse 8. It was so when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, he sent to the king saying, Oh, why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me. And he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So, Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots. Sometimes you want to just make the man of God feel bad. He came with his horses and chariots for him to see that he's a big man. And stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will come upon you again and you will be clean. But Naaman was very angry and went away and said, I thought he would come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana and Fapa rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? And he turned away in a rage. What is doing this man? The thing that is doing man, this man, is exactly what is doing you. When you say, Lord, I don't have my school fees. I'm expecting my school fees by an empty and mobile. 
Lord, my school fees are 3,000 Ghana cities. I am expecting 3,000 Ghana cities to be paid into my bank account. Let's be serious. Are you here or you have traveled? Lord, I am of age, marriageable age. It is time for me to marry. Lord, present to me the lady who is fit for my dreams. And then you are just there sitting. You all, as you are there, you cannot even say good afternoon to a lady. After saying good afternoon, you cannot say anything. You cannot talk. And then you look at one lady and then you say to the lady, Sister, I would like you to be the mother of your, my children. Mother of your who? Who are you that she should... The way she now looks at you somewhere, you come and you say, look, the sisters in the church, they are very somewhere. But you see, maybe, just maybe, God has ordained it that the person who is your wife is your friend who sits by you in the choir. She is a tenor singer just like you. But you are good friends. You are good friends. You just talk, you chat, you flow, and you say, Oh, this one, she's like a sister to me. She's like what? Listen, your mother is different from her mother, and your father is different from her father. Hey! Are you in the house? Sister, you are there, you say the whole. How can this skinny, scrawny guy? He doesn't even have any flesh. Say the whole. He's my friend. The phone that he's even using, Kra, is my spare phone. He doesn't have anything. How can this guy be God's choice for me? Well, I came to tell you that Naaman the Syrian, the prophet said to him, Go to the river Jordan and go. He didn't even come there. He said, Go and dip yourself seven times. And Naaman said, But he should have come out, number one. Number two, he should have come to knock the place. Number three, he should have talk, spoken to his God for me to be healed. And if he was even going to find some water, he should have sent me to my old village. The waters there are better than the ones here. Are you God? Are you God? I thank God that Naaman was a very nice person. Why am I saying that? As you read about the people who associated with him, you see, even when he was angry, his servants were still able to draw near and say, Oh, but master, if they had asked you to do a hard thing, wouldn't you have done it? Yeah. So, so just do this easy one. It shows you that there was a way in which they flowed with him. I don't know if you see my point. If he was a very wicked man, hey, Charlie, how he's angry, people will back off and run away. And he went to the Jordan, he did what they said, and truly, truly, he was healed. Now, what's the point of the story that all of this? I'm saying to you that as the child of God sitting here, God provides for you. But the reason why many of us are still complaining is because we can't see. We can't see. As you are sitting here, somebody brought you Ten cities. When you got the ten cities, you didn't tie it. You went and bought Willie. It was gone just like that. As 
you were there, somebody sent you 50 CDs. You see, when you see 50 CDs and you compare it to your school fees, you say that, oh, but what is that? What is 50 CDs to such an amount? But if you ask God, you would have discovered that it was provision for you. It was provision for you. Hallelujah. Amen. We were all here when Lady Pastor Eunice shared her testimony. That she had done her master's, no job, no money from home. And you know, when you are paying, they record it. When we were looking at the page, we laughed. Because the cost was expensive, about 18,200 cities. At no point did she even see 1,000. Ah. 200 paid. 100 paid. 50 paid. But one day, when it was now time to go and do the practical work and she looked, the thing was up. The thing was up. The thing was that she was aware that God would work a miracle. So she was looking out for it. Most of us would have spent the 200 cities. My hair would have spent the 100. Yuba, Yuba. Those of you who are using Yuba by heart, we must use Yuba, but there's some use, using that shouldn't be used. Look, when you look inside your pocket, there's a certain... Hey, there's a, listen, can you look at your feet? There's a car on your legs. Uh-huh. It's called Allegedis Benz. Uh-huh. The car number is AD11. And it works all the time. It doesn't need engine oil or servicing. Use it. Use it. But by... Why are you preaching against? No, no, no. I'm just sharing something with you. That by so doing, some of us have scattered what God has sent to us. Because in our mind, if God is going to answer, this is the way in which he will answer. I hope you're understanding me. We have prescribed it. So when now the prescription is not holding, then we now begin to cry and accuse God that he didn't listen to us. That he didn't provide. Some of us, God has provided for you even by the entry of a certain individual into your life. Yeah. Look at this young lady. She was a slave. Naaman could have said that since when the slaves prescribed the, 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 the medicine for a man as honorable as me. He could have said that. What do you mean? What do you mean? Hey. Is your neighbor, your neighbor there? Let me give you another example. First Kings chapter 17, where we were before. Okay, God, you have decided to feed um, Elisha. Is it birds who will be bringing the food? I don't know about you. Whether you, you have been eating, you know these churchy, churchy foods, some small, some of the ladies, when you are feeding them in public, you see small plates. Don't mind them, they eat the big one in the room. But, <laughs> so, media. I don't like food. I don't like food. So some small, small plates, you know. Then it just has some churchy food on it. I mean, let's be serious. If you are going to eat lunch, and if I called you to give you lunch, will you not be expecting a proper plate of food? Not something that birds will be coming there. I don't know how much a bird can carry. How many ravens were they sending? But if he had rejected it, he would have died together with people who were dying from the famine. It was God's provision and it was adequate. It kept him until there was time to move on. Amen. 
Okay, Lord, you have fed me by the best. I didn't complain. Now you say I should go to the town. At least send me to the rich man in the town. Because the rich man in the town is likely to have a store in which things are. You have now sent me to a widow. Ask your neighbor, who does that? <laughs> Widows, are they not in need of help? Should you rather not have been going to give the widow something? Because she's there, single mother, struggling to look after her child. But God had ordained it that he, the prophet, would enter. He would enter into the house of a widow and eat her last meal. You don't understand. You see, we have been in church a few times. We are taking an offering and you have felt that God is saying that give what is everything in your bag. Or it's not happened to you before. Hey, some happened to me in December and I'm still recovering. That day, somebody addressed me with something that was very weighty. So as I arrived in Akrami, I knew that Charlie, this Christmas day we shall blow time. In fact, I, as, a, as, a, as a bona fide sanguine, I don't carry money. Hey, sanguines learn it. Every money that we put in our bag, we spend it. Uh-huh. Is it not true? Yeah. So please make use of other things. Nowadays, you can live in a cashless society. You don't need to carry money. But this particular money, as I was going, I said, Look, I've worked hard the whole year. This particular money, I'm going to just blow time with it. Then I went home. I was going to church on the first Sunday. And something said to me that I should just take the money out and leave it behind. So that if there's a thief, he won't get it. And so that God will also not say things. <laughs> then I looked at the thing and said, ah, but where I'm staying, me, I can't even see security in there. There's nothing. So just leave it in the bag. We shall go and come. I was sitting in the front seat when Bishop said that. Those of you who had brought your Thanksgiving envelopes, just bring it. I said, oh good, I was not here when you gave the Thanksgiving off. <laughs> oh. Then I just heard the voice of the Lord. That envelope. I said, oh, you are not talking. Uh, which one, eh? <laughs> that envelope. I was like, oh, but Lord, it is for December chilling. To make it worse, I even told my sons that, Charlie, as we have come to Akrano, do you remember? I said, that, look, I said, I'm coming to take you out. Because I knew that, Charlie, I'm sitting on something. I, I mean, I'm sitting on something. Oh! As the offering was being taken, my peace and my joy were disappearing. I said, Lord, this I understand. So I opened the bag. I didn't even count what was. I just picked it up. asked for a, a clean envelope, put it inside. And I just look. As I put it down, my heart, it descended. <laughs> hey! But you see, from that day till now, my pot has not been empty. Oh yeah, from that day till now. Suddenly, this and that and that and that and something and something and something else and something else. I realized that it was God's way of providing for me. In other words, put down your seed because the seed determines the tree that comes. You plant a maize seed, what do you get? Maize. You plant a mango, mango it will take a little while, but it will give you something. Exactly. Amen. Naaman had to just do what he was. I said, Naaman, Elijah, 
Elijah. Elijah. And so the lady, by feeding him, suddenly she opened a door to consistent provision in her life. May God provide for you. Amen. I said, may God provide for you. Hallelujah. I'm not saying we should just go and be foolish and throw things around and say, oh, God will take it. No. But what I'm saying is that when he talks to you about something, do it. Tithing, you know what you should do. It's in the Bible. Do it. An offering, you decide. Just do it. Amen. Believing that he's going to take care of you. And he will. Hallelujah. Just erase from your mind the methodology. Uh-huh. When you erase the, me- the method out of your mind, you'll be more open to receiving from him. And sometimes you can be so surprised. Are you there? Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you hearing? Wow. So he sent him birth and he answered him also by a widow. Hallelujah. Well, I want to just discuss one last thing with you. And that is to say that as you walk with God, you need to recognize Jezebel. You need to recognize Jezebel. You know, there are a few names in the Bible. The name means something. <laughs> when you say the name Judas, all of us think about somebody who betrayed. Yeah, you know, that's not the meaning of the name, but that's what it has become because of Judas. Uh-huh. In the same way, Jezebel is one of those names. Jezebel is one of those names. It's a very long story, which begins all the way from first Kings. And it's over and over all the way into Second Kings. We'll pick bits and pieces of it, but you will do really well to read it for yourself. Amen? Because Jezebel is somebody who is anointed from hell to remove you from your blessing. Yeah. And Jezebel operates when you are anointed. Yeah. You are, you are somebody who's anointed to do something. Start looking for Jezebel. Start looking for Jezebel. You are a child of God. The presence of God is already on you. You're already anointed to a certain point. Otherwise, Sunday morning, you will not be sitting in church. At least, certainly not a first up church. <laughs> Amen. So you can see that God is taking you somewhere. Now, as God is taking you somewhere, you need to also understand that we have an enemy. And you know, the picture of the enemy that we are given is so deceptive. Oh, horn. You know the cartoon. Tail with something at the end of there. There's always an arrow at the end of the tail. So we are always expecting that when the enemy is going to um, attack us, it will be in something nasty. Hey, Jezebel shows us that it's not like that. It's not like that. Amen? Or it's not necessarily like that. So we're going to just talk about her briefly, but then you need to read and study it a little more. Amen? We meet her in 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. We meet Jezebel. And I'm reading from... Let's start from verse 1 again. It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go and show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth. Remember there had been no rain. He had spoken and the thing had closed up. Well now he was being sent back. And Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. And there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. 
Verse 4 is what we want. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Now we are meeting somebody here called Jezebel. Jezebel was not the king. She was the wife of the king. Do you understand? So she had certain powers, but she was not almighty. She had certain powers. Her husband was the one anointed to be king. Are you there? Because in those days, it was a, it was, you were anointed to be the king. And the man was there and he was in, in power. And Jezebel woke up and looked at the prophets and said, I don't like these people. I don't like these people. So she killed them. She killed them. What is the likelihood in any nation? Take, I don't want to say things or mention names for people to be angry. But can our president's wife pass such a rule? Hmm. Or you don't see the point. Usually, unless she's spoken to the man, the man will have to speak. But in this particular case, the scripture says Jezebel did it. Yeah. Jezebel is somebody who takes power that is not hers and uses it to affect you. Are you getting me? Because her husband was the king. Any king who sits down and somebody comes to eradicate the men of God, will it or will it not affect his time of office? It will affect him. Or you don't understand it. It will affect him by all means. He was not the one who orchestrated it. It was orchestrated by Jezebel. Jezebel is that person in your life who is taking decisions on your behalf to remove God from your life. Sometimes Jezebel is your roommate. As you are going to church, Jezebel begins to talk. Why is this going to church too much? When your church people come to the room, oh, she's not there. She's out. Meanwhile, she knows exactly where you are. She's taking steps to remove the prophets from your life. You need to be careful of the Jezebels. And you see, the reason why you need to be careful is because Jezebels do not look like the devil. Oh, they are like the roommate who says, Charlie, we have to learn. Oh, by the way, by the way, midterms are coming. For those of you who are students, tomorrow marks grind. Learning time has started. Grind. Okay. Amen. Are you with me today or you have traveled? Now, Jezebel is taking decisions on your behalf. And many of you, you have Jezebels talking. Only that because they are so fine, you don't know that's Jezebel. Because they are so beautiful. They are probably feeding you. They are probably making you comfortable. Uh, let me describe Jezebel a little further. Let's continue with another example of her at work. The same First Kings 21. I'm reading from verse 5. Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said, in fact, we shouldn't even read from verse 5. Let's read from verse 1. <laughs> it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Je Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab. Next verse. Verse 2. And Ahab spoke upon unto Naboth, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near my house and I will give you a better vineyard than it. Are you there? Or if it seems good to you, I will give you the worth in money. 
verse 3. Naboth said to him, to Ahab, the Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Verse 4. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you blah, 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 my inheritance. Let's go to verse 5. Jezebel, his wife, came to him. Are you seeing the scripture? And said to him, why is your spirit so sad that you are not eating any bread? And he said, because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and I said, give me the vineyard. Or if it please thee, I'll give you another vineyard. And he said, I will not give it to you. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, are you not the one who is governing the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread. Let your heart be merry. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Are you reading what I'm reading? Did the vineyard belong to her? So she wrote letters in Ahab's name. Hmm. Who is writing letters in your name? Hmm. Listen, young lady, if you don't like the guy, tell him yourself, okay? Don't send your roommate. She, <laughs> she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles that were in the city. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. I mean, she's a, she appears religious also. And set two men, sons of Belial. Do you know who Belial is? The devil. Before him to bear witness against him saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles, who were the inhabitants of the city, they did as Jezebel had said to them. I told you that this woman is a usurper of authority and power. She wrote the letter as if the king had written it. If God was pronouncing judgment, the judgment would have fallen on, uh, on the king. Yeah. That's why those of you young men who are called into the ministry, you better be careful. Be careful not to join yourself to a Jezebel who now makes sure that you do not answer the call of God on your life. Oh, it's very easy for us. And yet, didn't cry. Oh, but where will we live? Our children. Eh? Oh, me, I'm afraid, though. These kind of people, they are saying, look, we are Guineans, we are here. You say you are going where? Oh, if you love me, you don't. Look, that's why Jesus, he didn't marry. I won't lie to you. That's why he didn't marry. He didn't want problems. Ah, or you cannot imagine what would have happened when he was going to marry. What would have happened? If I was his wife, I will remind him immediately that he got married to me. We have children. You are leaving the children for who? Me. Hey. So that's what? <laughs> Listen, but I need to also say to you that Jezebel can also be a man. Oh, crap. I'm reading. I like my, my, I like my father's books. I'm reading from here. Jezebel may be a man who controls your ministry and decisions, who manipulates and restricts his wife. You say that you are a woman, you say that you are called of God, and you say that because of the man I married, I can't answer. Be careful. Be careful. The calling of God, there is no repentance. Choir, there's no repentance. You are singing in the choir. Don't come and step down and tell me that. Oh, because he said that. Uh, I, he said what? He said what? 
When he came and met you, were you not singing in the choir? Hey, when I want judge, I won't. I'm a big abeka judge. Say, you see, hey, pastor, so are you saying that she should rebel? Not at all. I will be the last person to support rebellion. But that is why the wisdom of the serpent, she says that we should learn. One of the things about the serpent is maneuvers. You are a wife. Oh, learn to maneuver. He is the head. Never dispute it. But always remember that the head is on the neck. <laughs> hey! Are you there? What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that when God gives you something to do, he's expecting you to do it. Don't sit there and let somebody else be the reason why you didn't do it. Whether it is your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, and in case you think that I am saying something, let me just read Bible to you. Hey! Can you stand to hear it? Hmm. I'm reading to you from Luke chapter 14. If any man come to me and hates not, these are the words of Jesus, his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You had a quarrel with me. What does it mean? Jesus is saying that as you follow him, you see, first of all, you must understand that he is the first advocate for peace and the first advocate for family and the first advocate for things to be proper. But he says that if you follow him, one day in your following him, there will be your father or him. There will be your mother or him. There will be your wife or him. There will be your husband or him. There will be your children or him. There will even be your own life or him. And he says, if you come, you call yourself his disciple, you will pay a price. Hey. So for the room has become quiet on me. Yeah. Because some of you are using other things to, you are using Jezebel as an excuse. You see, because my mother, because my father. I am reminded of the time we were in Tamale when I had a church member from a Muslim home. And she gave herself to Christ, her life to God. When she gave her life to Christ, she'll come to church on Sunday. When she goes home, she'll be there. They wouldn't give her lunch. So when I found out, I was immediately concerned. Because the truth is that sometimes they're also secret believers. Because they must was a secret believer. Do you know what she told me? She said, oh, mommy, as for church, I'll come. Oh, as for church, I'll come. If I come to church, when I go home, they won't give me lunch and they'll beat me. I'm happy coming to church. They're happy beating me. It's not a problem. Yeah. Finish. Finish. Because I was even saying, okay, at least let us give you lunch. No, if I don't eat lunch, it's not a problem. Yeah. But many of us here. You have gone to Shiva in your room and sent me texts. Please, I cannot come because if I come, they will be... How much beating will they beat you? Don't you think they stopped after a while? Hey. They are very quiet, oh. 
Don't put yourself in a position. Listen, the scripture says it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. One day we will all stand before the Lord. One by one by one. May it not be that you stand there and say, Lord, the husband that you gave me is the reason why I didn't save you. The wife you gave me is the reason why I didn't save you. The father you gave me is the reason why I didn't save you. No. 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 Never stand there and say, Jezebel, because... Because Jezebel, she will help you to do something that is wrong that you want to do. Yeah. The man wanted the vineyard. But even he knew that it's not for me. It's somebody's inheritance. Jezebel helped him to do the wrong thing. And some of you, you are there. When somebody comes, the person's coming to call you to church. Then you give them as a bent offering to your roommate. To finish them off. Oh, it's true. Oh, she's sleeping. What? Why are you trying to wake her up? That's Jezebel talking. If she says she won't go. Ah, but church, why is it by force? Oh, it's not by force. But we'll do our best. Yeah, so that the day that you, we leave you, when we get to heaven and we say, hey Lord, we knocked oh. Lord, we called oh. She didn't open her door. She was shouting things through her uh, window. Lord, do you remember? You remember how I came to cry because her roommate had thrown water on me. Aha, uh-huh. Lord, me, I did my best to so, This one dear Lord is hell. It's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm talking to some of you. I'm talking to some of you. Because when somebody comes to call you, they're just trying to help your faith. They're just trying to help you to get up, knowing that the battle with the flesh, flesh is strong. And then you give them up to Jezebel. Some of you are there. Then the potter is coming to talk. The potter. Are you serious? Talking on your behalf. I wonder what you say to Christ when you get there. Hey. Locate Jezebel. Mother, if you are Jezebel, you better change. One time. Hey. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm also a mother. Yes. I'm also a mom. When my son was going to Madagascar, I cried like a baby. But I didn't even let him see my tears. So that he'll know that, Charlie, hey, you say I called, answer your call. Answer it. Don't get there and say that. One man, one calling. Don't get there and call my name that the way my mother was crying because I didn't go. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, you are very quiet. Too. When I was crying, my son was laughing at me. <laughs> Because they were going to Accra, they were going to finish their papers, so they'll be there for some 10 days. Master was crying at me, laughing at me, that, oh, you say you won't go to the airport. I said, no, no, I can't go. And I don't want them to see that I'm crying, so I'm not going. I said, oh, here you go. Ah, days are approaching. Days are, please, they are going tomorrow. When are you going to? Oh, hmm, hmm. I don't think I'm going. Son, the thing that was doing me was doing him. Hey. But you won't get there and say that because of as we stood in your way. If you are a parent and your child says he's going to serve God, release them to serve God. Release them to serve God. Release them. You don't have to say it. Because the way some parents fight, hey, you fight the church. What is this going to church? You will fight us that they are going to church. They will go to a nightclub. Be ready to carry the child that has no name and has no father. Allow me to say it. Oh, yeah. Many years ago. You see, I've been a pastor of young people for a long time. 
There was a young lady like that in my church, a 17-year-old. And her mother fought us. So in the end, we had to let go. A year and a half later, the young lady now school couldn't, couldn't school because she was pregnant. And I met the mother. And the mother was trying to cry. I said, hey, mommy, what you were looking for? That's what you've got. Don't cry. Ah, but it's not what you are looking for. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. From today, if you are going to serve God, serve God. Nobody should be a Jezebel in your life. Not a husband. Listen, it doesn't, I am not saying wife, don't cook for your husband. Have you heard me say that? Do your everything, but do what you are going to do for the Lord. Do it. In this church, when we, oh, please, you can ask Isaac and uh, Della. We will teach you everything. Hey, if it's cooking, cook. If it is what? We will teach you all. When you are finished, you are serving God. Hmm. Are you in the house or are you not in the house? Yeah. Jezebel, she must live your life. She must not be there. Amen. May God help us all. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet this afternoon and begin to pray for yourself. Some of you, as I'm talking, you can see that you have released your life to Jezebel. As you pray, collect it back. Collect it back. Some of you, you are there, you are saying that, so because of my cause, I cannot serve God. Be very careful. Be careful, pa. Be careful. Talk to the Lord this afternoon. And ask Him for the grace to serve Him and to do what you must do, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. You are a worker for the Lord, just ask Him for the grace. Ask Him to help you to serve Him. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Believers together, we pray. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice and pray. Ask the Lord to have mercy on you. Ask the Lord to have mercy on you. Ask the Lord to have mercy on you this afternoon. Ask Him to do you good this afternoon. Ask Him to help you to be on the right path. Maybe as you are here, you have seen something. You can see that God has given something to you. And you have allowed somebody to take away that power and to use your right in the wrong way. This afternoon, ask God for the help to collect it back. Collect back your seal from Jezebel. Collect back your paper. Collect your pen. She cannot sign your name. Don't let somebody else be the determinant for you. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. You are praying for yourself and you are praying for your future. You are saying, Lord, help me. Help me to fulfill the reason for which I am here. Help me to fulfill it. Forgive me for allowing others to be more important than you. And for listening to you. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. You want to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I recognize your presence in my life. I recognize your hand in my life. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Keep praying this afternoon. Some of you, you have not given your life to Christ because you have been feeling shy. 
or because you belong to friends who will laugh at you if you give your life to Christ this afternoon you want to say I'm not going to let my friends stop me I'm not going to let them stop me I'm going to serve him I'm going to follow him I'm going to follow him I'm going to follow him oh thank you Jesus Father, we ask for your help. Help us to do what we must. May we not leave ourselves for Jezebel to take over and to do things and make decisions on our behalf. But may we stand up and may we answer the call that you have placed on our lives. Anoint us, O oh God. Anoint us to do exploits. Anoint us to change things around us to your glory. And may we never give that power over to another. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here this afternoon and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. And your answer has been always because of another person or because you feel that you are holy already. But the scripture says in James chapter 2 and verse 90, you believe in God, you do well. Even the devils believe and they tremble. It is not enough, therefore, to just believe. But Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 tells us that what you have believed, you need to confess it with your mouth in order to be saved. And so this afternoon you are here, you have not confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in danger. This afternoon you want to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. You want to receive him for yourself. Not your father, not your mother, not your sister, not your brother, not your friend, but for yourself. Lift up your right hand here if you're saying that, I want to make things right between me and the Lord Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Lift up your hands. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands all over the room this afternoon. I see your hands. God bless you. Now, if your hand is lifted up, I want you to take a step and come to me. Just come. We're going to confess him as your Lord and Savior. Just step out of where you are and come and stand right here and we will pray together. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. You are there. Your heart is beating. That's the Lord indicating to you you need to be here. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Keep coming. I know that there are more of us. Step in. Just come. God bless you. God bless you. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Also from this side. Just step in and just come. God bless you. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Don't let anybody be the reason why you don't come. Just come. We will stand alone one day before him. Just step out and come. God bless you. God bless you. I'm giving somebody a few more minutes to come. You're standing there. You're not even feeling good and you want to run away. But don't run away. Run to Jesus. Just come. You are just a prayer away from making a difference to your whole life. Just come. You are taking back your life and you are saying that, Lord, I come, I take it and I give it back to you. Thank you. Let us pray and if you are in the congregation, join us. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each one standing here this afternoon. 
I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that your hand will be upon them. I pray that you'll bless them. I pray that you'll watch over them. Thank you for listening to Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce. We believe you have had an encounter that will change your life. Keep listening to messages by Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce of the First Love Church Ahidiasi. For more information, live video messages and updates, please visit our Facebook page, Dr. Joy Bruce. God bless you.